Your Xfinity Home security system can't walk the dog, but it can tell you what he does while you're not around. And it can't stop your kids from sneaking out either. But it can let you choose what real-time security alerts you receive. So you're always in control. No matter what you're doing around the house, Xfinity Home can help with a new way to customize your home security. And it was named the best professionally installed home security system by CNET. Click, call 1-800-XFINITY or demo in your local Xfinity store today. Xfinity Home. Simple, easy, awesome. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. And as you probably know, Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks, but you may not know about all the other content that they have. We are offering you a free trial of Audible.com so that you can check it out for yourself. Just go to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Over the years, the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast has continued to enjoy inclusion on lists of the best podcasts to listen to for business, sales, leadership, uh, social media. It's really been um, quite the range. And that is because of the guests. Uh, These are folks who have expertise in a particular area of business, and they join me for a conversation where they share that expertise with all of you. Today is no different. My guest today is Catherine Matice Zundel. Catherine is CEO of Civility Partners. Clients include Fortune 500s to government to small business. She's served almost every industry you can think of. Catherine has appeared on or in NPR, CNN, USA Today, Forbes, and more as an expert and is a best-selling author author of three books. Thanks so much for joining me today, Catherine. Thank you for having me. So it is my pleasure. And I got to tell you that I just love the name of your company. Um, Thank you. Civility, such a great word and, you know, so rare. (laughs) Much Um, needed. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, today we're talking about... um, the pandemic and reopening and and really thinking beyond this idea of safety and and really you know thinking about uh your employees and what it feels you know like what everyone is going through so Mm -hmm. um 
as companies are reopening, how do you think they should respond when uh, their staff has uh, flexibility requests? Well, I, I think that we have all be, been through some trauma and couple, you know, COVID with Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of emotions flying high. And I really do think people are probably feeling somewhat traumatized and exhausted and burnt out. And so if you can, I mean, obviously, if you can't, you can't, but do your absolute best to give people the flexibility that they need. And one of the reasons that's so important, in addition to, you know, creating loyalty for your organization, if you're working with your employees to make sure it's a win-win situation, but something else flexibility does is creates resilience. And, you know, resilient people, that's one of their qualities is that they're able to be flexible. And, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons they're able to get through hardships is they, they're not walking on a straight line. And so I, I think part of our, you know, an employer's role in all of this is they're bringing people back and making sure they're physically safe. You want to make sure they're psychologically safe. You want to figure out how to create loyalty in the ways that you bring them back, but um, you're also responsible for helping your people be resilient. And so uh, flexibility is a big part of that. Oh, that is so great. I love that. I, I never would have thought of it that way, but um, but then when you explain it, it makes so much sense to me that, I mean, the whole trauma thing I totally get, but this thing about, you know, resiliency and that flexible mm -hmm. people are resilient. Mm -hmm. So if, if we can, as employers, um, be flexible with these requests, then, then we are helping, what I'm hearing you say is that we are helping our people really be able to bounce back more right. easily, right? Right, exactly. And so there's got to be an ROI on the other side of that. <laughs> yeah. In addition to just the human condition and caring about humanity, there is a business uh, reason for it as well. So yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. So can you share with me um, like some strategies for uh, maintaining like employee engagement and and loyalty to the company? Yeah, and I'm going to answer that question a little long-windedly uh, and okay. start by saying that um, where I'm coming from with all of my thoughts around reopening is that, you know, I, I'm an expert in toxic work environments and rebuilding uh, culture. And so I, I go into organizations all the time and have been for years where people are really torn down. You know, the, they've been knocked down a few pegs. They're sad. They're traumatized by maybe what they've been hearing about that's been going on in the organization. And so I, I do, when I think about returning to work from COVID, I do think there's a lot of similarities in how people are feeling when I'm in a toxic work environment and, and COVID. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, because the, the feelings are the same. And so the, I, I'm just going to share some of what I think you need to do when you're rebuilding a toxic culture, because I think it applies. So step one is to have lots of two-way communication and understand what it is that your employees need from you. And, you know, I've learned over the years that managers aren't really very 
uh, good at having kind of emotional conversations. You know, it's, it's all very performance-based and numbers-based, et cetera. So in addition to maybe doing some surveys or some focus groups with your employees, your managers really need to you know, have some important conversations with their employees about what they need, how they're feeling, um, how can the manager help and those conversations need to start at the top and go all the way down to the bottom. So that's step number one is to just, you know, have some two-way conversation and collaboration. And then secondly, once you understand what your employees need, then, you know, kind of rebuild a culture or rebuild and reopen in a way that meets those needs. And everybody talks about the new normal, but what does that even really mean? You know, so we all know probably means more Zoom meetings in the future. Um, you know, maybe there'll be more flexibility. People like Twitter are, you know, basically saying we're just not going to reopen for a couple years. <laughs> so yeah, that that's all new normal. But what does that mean for your own organization? Yeah. So really partnering with your employees to define that new normal and work together to create the new normal. So those are my two biggest tips. I really like that a lot. I, I think um, especially in, in a situation like this, at least um, having, giving your employees the opportunity to feel safe, mm -hmm. being honest and, and forthcoming with how they're feeling about everything helps everyone get past it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you, you need to be able to uh, have those conversations. And it feels like what a great starting point, just because we all have been through this. It's not as if one employee is going through some sort of trauma. I mean, everyone in the world is experiencing this on some level. Yes. Yeah. And I, I really think part of the new normal has to be making room for emotions at work. And that's how you're going to get through both COVID and Black Lives Matter. Both of those things are very emotional. And, you know, prior to this, emotions at work are not okay. You're not supposed to cry at work. You know, you look like the weak link, especially women who cry. I know I've talked to many women who have cried and then they're apologizing to me about it. And I'm like, it's fine, cry, you know, you have emotions. Um, and, I, and so emotions have to be acceptable at work now, period. And that's gotta be part of the new normal. And how hard do you think it's going to be for managers to um, embrace that? I think it depends on the messaging from the top. It, it is gonna be hard. It's a real paradigm shift. And so leaders at the top have to make it clear that they're okay with emotions. They're interested in emotions. I think that falls on HR as well to really focus on that messaging, um, that it's okay to talk about emotions. We wanna hear about your emotions. Um, and. You know, so so it's got to come from the top. I do think managers are going to need some training on how to have yeah. emotional conversations. Based on my experience, they just aren't good at having those uh, conversations, or they they're afraid of them. Um, but one easy tip, a simple way to to kind of start showing people you're interested in emotions is to talk about your own emotions at the beginning of a staff meeting or a one-on-one, -on -one, um, and kind of say, "Here's how I'm feeling today. How are you?" And just start. Um, kind of opening the door to make it comfortable. Oh, I like that a lot. Are, are there parameters around that, around creating room for emotions? I mean, I, I could see a lot of leaders saying, okay, hang on a second. 
this could get out of hand? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, I do think there's parameters. I don't think we'll ever and we should never get to a point where, you know, work's not a, a counseling session where we're all just free to, you know, I, I had a fight with my spouse, so I'm going to yell and be angry because you said emotions are accepted at work, you know. Um, so yeah, everything in moderation. <laughs> but at the moment, uh, the scale needs to tip a little bit <laughs> when it comes yeah. to emotions at yeah. work. I mean, I think it should anyway, right? You know, yeah. We, ugh, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, so talk to me some about wellness programs, because I'm thinking like this is a great opportunity for companies to in, increase employee loyalty by doing, I'm going to say better things, but you know, who knows, but different things with the wellness programs that they're offering. So what, what's your input on that? Yeah, I do think that organizations need to focus on mental health as well as physical health. And, uh, you know, a lot of organizations already have maybe a, an EAP or an employee assistance professional that uh, here's a number you can call if you need some counseling. But that's... Uh, um, that's great. That's a good first step, but that's a little like here, go deal with it. I think the, the organizations need to create programs that, that are creating safe spaces. So for example, um, people of color a lot these days I've seen over the last few years have what they call a safe space where people of color can go and kind of talk to each other about how they're feeling and their experiences. And so you could do something like that where you're, you're having safe space for sort of mental health or, or around COVID or around stress. Um, and that needs to be facilitated by perhaps your EAP professional or, um, you know, hiring an outside source. I know some organizations have been paying for a couple free hours of counseling. So it's not an EAP. It's maybe somebody in the, the local area who can come to the office and sort of make appointments with people so that they can go and talk to them in person. Um, so, you know, doing things like that are really going to send the message that you are interested in taking care of your people. And I think we, we all know this, that um, how you treat your employees now and how much you show them you care about them is going to make a big difference moving forward. They're always going to remember your reaction to COVID. And we're always going to remember Uber for firing people over Zoom or laying people off over <laughs> Zoom. And we're always going to remember Susan Fowler from Uber. You know, like Uber's got some real black marks that'll probably never go away. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we just have to remember that our relationship with our employees is a mutual relationship. It's, we're just no longer your exchange for your work is paycheck. It's a lot of other things that employers need to provide. And, and so it's got to, it's just, I've seen so much about physical safety and of course that's important, but we have to focus on psychological safety. So everything you're doing for physical safety, consider what do we need to be doing for psychological safety as well. So I am totally on board with you. Um, I would like you to share, if you can, uh, the benefit to the company, you know, outside of reputation, but the benefit to the company of implementing these sorts of things. 
Well, you're going to have employees who are less burned out if you're giving them permission to take care of themselves. You're going to have higher production if people aren't burnt out. <laughs> you're going to have better quality customer service and, and better quality work if people aren't burnt out. Um, so, of course, not 100% of the time, but most of the time, if you take care of people, they'll take care of you. So. Yeah you're building loyalty and engagement just by treating them well. And one of the things that I, I think people have to realize is, so it, it's, it's what you were talking about before that everyone has been through some sort of trauma. And so they're bringing that uncertainty and fear and stress and all of those um, sorts of negative, you know, emotions to work with them. So if you can provide them with, you know, mental health resources, you're giving them the opportunity to relieve themselves of that, which then, as you said, you know, allows them to be more productive, focus on work, maybe even feel that at least at work, there's safety. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there, there was always pre-COVID uh, stigmas around depression or mental health. And I know we've, you know, as a society have worked hard to try to eliminate some of that stigma. Um, yeah. And then I was seeing a lot of articles around stigma around if you had COVID or, you know, stigma around people who are maybe pretty afraid of COVID versus people who aren't afraid of COVID. Everybody's got a lot of different feelings that really run the gamut. And so organizations really have to make it clear, just, just like we're talking about inclusivity with Black Lives Matter, we have to yeah. make it clear that we're open to all those different feelings that run the gamut and we have different resources for you depending on what, you know, where on the gamut you are. And um, I think, you know, leaders often really take this position of I can't show my emotions. Um, you know, I'm the, I have to kind of show that I, I'm keeping it together. And of course you do, you can't you know, be cracking in front of your employees all the time, but it's okay to show some of those feelings. I mean, I, I've been doing that with my team. Like I've even said a couple of times, I'm cracking. I need to go home and take a nap or whatever. Like I need, I need some time. Um, so it, yeah, it's okay to show that human side of you and not be so focused on just the, the day to day. I'm, you know, it, it's okay yeah. to, to show emotion. And because it's unrealistic to, to, I mean, then you would, I would think people would just think that you were being ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it, right? I mean, it wouldn't really engender trust because, come on. Th yeah, you is, can't build rapport if with yeah. someone who doesn't appear to have any emotions. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Now, Audible.com, as we know, has thousands of audiobook titles that you can choose from, but you may not know all the other stuff they have, like guided meditations and Audible originals and podcasts and more. It's just, it, it is incredible. Um, and the cool thing is, is that all that stuff is in one place. So you don't have to be switching programs to get the, the audio content that you are looking for. You can get a free trial of audible.com so that you can check it out for yourself by going to audibletrial.com slash business growth. And just a little side note, when you do that, check out the guided meditations. 
they're pretty great. And right now, I think many of us could be using them. So you read my mind. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> right? It's so great. Uh, today, we are speaking with Catherine Matthijs Zundel about a reopening plan centered on your employees. Okay. Um, so, so talk, I guess I'm curious about maintaining company culture through all of this uncertainty and, and I'll call it unrest. Yeah. So the organizations that already had a strong culture are, of course, going to um, make it through I think quicker. So I'll back up by saying I've been talking a lot about rebuilding. So yes, we're reopening, but there is a level of rebuilding. And so that's, I think, how leaders need to approach this. Here's a chance to kind of assess the situation. We've all been knocked down a few pegs. Things are different and let's rebuild culture. So the organizations that already had a strong culture are going to be able to, to do that much more easily. Um, and those that maybe didn't have core values or didn't have a really strong culture are going to find it more difficult. So step number one is to take a look at your core values and make sure that you're using them to guide your decisions and behavior as a leader. That's what core values are for. Um, and organizations, I know a lot of organizations have core values and they never really use them. They just sort of were created some years ago and, you know, nobody looks at them. Um, I see that all the time, you know, I'll go into a toxic work environment and it's like, where's your core values? Oh, respect is one of them. Oh, so we haven't <laughs> been living our core values, have we, you know? Um, and so core values are often seen as something that's just created and they're part of your branding, but they're actually meant to really dictate behavior inside the organization. So they are a missed opportunity if you're not using your core values. Um, so I would suggest, for example, as you're creating your reopening plan, or I'm sure many already have that plan, give it the core values test, you know, look at it with your core values in mind and determine whether or not your core values are really showing up inside your reopening plan. And that's a kind of an easy way to start. Um, and then leaders really do need to lean on those core values. So when I look at civility partners core values, for example, one of them is be legit, which is about being authentic and listening to each other and communicating. Um, so that really, you know, is highlighted now. I, I wouldn't be a good leader if I wasn't being authentic. And, and that's why I feel free to say I'm cracking. I'm going to go home early today or, um, you know, talking to my employees. I've had one employee talk to me about needing some time off because she had her kids at home and her husband's on deployment. And so, you know, we were able to really have these conversations and work together because we're following our core values. Um, so that, that really is step number one. Um, and then consider also, do the core values need to be revamped as you're rebuilding slash reopening? Um, that'll be part of rebuilding your culture as well. You know, do, do you need to add safety into the core values somewhere? Um, because the way things are right now is probably going to go on for a while. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of step number one, really use your core values. And then step two uh, is to do what I do when I go in toxic work environments, which is to create a team of employees who are helping you build the culture. Um, so use that, that team of employees to help you define a new normal, use survey results to help you define a new normal, and then get that team of employees to help you build the culture. So that's the simple answer. 
I'm so glad you just said that because as you were talking, the thought that kept going through my mind was you got to do it together. Yep. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's like the only way is to do it as a team because again, everyone is experiencing this thing and, and that's part of how you identify what people need. Yes, and so your team needs to be made up of uh, diversity in terms of hierarchy and departments, as well as race and gender, et cetera, so that uh, you have different people that can speak to the different needs of the organization, as opposed to you know just a bunch of leaders deciding yeah. what's gonna happen. Yeah, right, right, be sort of disconnected. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. there's there's a lot of tips around, you know, yeah. building culture. We could talk about that all day. But I, I guess the bottom line is, you know, culture is something that's tangible and, and many organizations don't understand that. And that's how it gets away from them and, and how they end up calling someone like me. Um, and so, you know, just like you would create a series of steps or a strategic plan for increasing your market share or any of the other things you're doing, you know, create a series of steps or a strategic plan for building culture. So that that belongs, culture belongs in in your strategic plan uh, with all those other more, you know, business types of things that we already have in our strategic plans. Yeah, I like that a lot because it gives it intention. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there training that employees are going to need uh, when they start going back or as they are going back to work? Yes. So you're going to have to do your safety training, of course, uh, at least here in my county, you're required to do training before people come back. Um, I'm sure that's the case in many places. Um, but again, it can't just be focused on safety. You've got to focus on psychological safety. So I would recommend giving your employees some training on resilience. And that training has to come with the messaging of, you know, it, it cannot be here, I'm gonna make you resilient, go to this training so that you can work harder. You know, it's, <laughs> it's we're all in this together. We've all been through something. Let's all take training on resilience and understand how we can do that, how we can be resilient. And then the organization can facilitate some avenues to assist with people being resilient. Like we said, the, um, you know, being flexible. Uh, actually, another thing resilient people do is uh, create plans and execute them. So the more you can involve your employees in the plan for culture and the plan for reopening and get their assistance as you execute that plan, that's another resilience creating uh, type of activity. So, um, and also community resilient people you lean on their community to get through hard times so you can certainly create that inside your organization as well um, so yeah training on on being resilient and then delivering some opportunities for people to engage in resilience building activities is one as we said managers need training on having emotional conversations perhaps emotional intelligence uh, I think everybody in an organization would do well to have some training on uh, emotional intelligence and uh, self-awareness because a big part of getting through any sort of stress that you're feeling is to really understand where that stress is coming from, you know, be able to understand your own emotions and how you're really feeling so that you can work to resolve those feelings. Um, so, you know, again, training around emotions. So, um, 
yeah, I, I really think that the training needs to go beyond just that, that safety, wear your mask and be six feet apart. Um, and then, you know, as the organization or this team of employees works to help rebuild the culture, then there's probably going to be training around that as well. So if you're um, really using your core values as you should, you may need to do some training around core values and how they apply now. In fact, in our reopening plan here at Civility Partners, uh, I wrote out the core values and I've applied sort of COVID stuff to each core value so that it's very clear how our core values dictate our behavior around COVID um, and reopening. Mm. So, um, you know, doing things like that. And it, these don't all have to be big formal trainings. I can, you know, I could hear a leader saying, well, how many yeah. trainings do we need and where's this trainer coming from? You know, these are, these are things that can be created internally that managers can be sort of delivering training in things like all staff meetings or, or their, um, their uh, department or team meetings, you know, so um, it, it's all about creating a plan, understanding what the new normal looks like, and then how do we get people the tools that they need to live this new normal in a, a healthy way. Yeah, definitely. Okay, now elephant in the room. How mm -hmm. should employers handle an employee if they get sick with COVID? So that employee should hope, would uh, report that pretty quickly. Hopefully they would report it as soon as they know. Um, and then employers need to be contact tracing and that, that doesn't mean, you know, um, I know some employers have really taken it pretty far to like, you have to keep track of every single person you walk by and stuff. I, I wouldn't do that, but um, you know, understanding who was there in the office with that person, for example, or who was working near them. Uh, those people need to be made aware that, hey, someone you were working with has um, COVID and uh, so you, you should go and get tested. Um, I know a lot of organizations have been having people work in teams to limit the number. So you have like the A team goes to work on Monday and Tuesday and the B team goes on Wednesday and Thursday. Um, so that you can kind of minimize interaction between people so that if yeah. someone in group A has COVID, then only the people from group A, you know, are having to go and get tested and, and you can sort of minimize the impact of someone having COVID. Um, you, you know, obviously you can't tell people who has COVID, but I suspect employees will talk and figure it out. So I, yeah. I'm sure there'll be many cases where that happens. So then we're back to the stigma thing, right? So employers messaging has to be very clear that they will not tolerate, you know, any sort of uh, backlash against that person, um, that this is an inclusive, welcoming, accepting work environment. And uh, these are hard times for all of us. And uh, it's important to treat that person with respect. And I, I would assume that if you've, if you're any sort of good leader at all, that you've already have a team that would not sort of backlash against COVID, uh, someone who has COVID, but um, right. I guess you never know. Well, <laughs> I'm <true>. still <laughs> shocked all the time when I'm, I've been in HR for a long time and I'm still shocked by things that I hear. Um, but yeah, you, you obviously want to make sure people are being respectful of each other. And, and then we're back to that, you know, that you have people who don't want to come to work because they're afraid, then that's yeah. okay. And we're just in a place right now where you just have to be okay with that. Yeah, I'm so glad that you just said that because I think that's, it just feels like it's been such a weird, tricky thing where 
you know, some people are accused of um, being slackers, you know, and taking advantage of the situation. And, um, and other people have, you know, genuine fears about it. They, they might have people with immune, uh, compromised immune systems in their families and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, or, you know, that their kids are still home or are not going to be going back to school full time. It feels yep. like this thing is, everything is so interconnected that we have to be understanding and flexible and tolerant. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Um, and it's, it's hard, you know, my, so my mom comes over every day to take care of my one-year-old. And so that makes me more cautious than maybe I would be if she wasn't coming uh-huh. over every day because uh-huh. she's older, she's 77. So, um, and then I saw someone that um, is in my networking group on 4th of July. She's got a picture of herself out with her friends. She's not wearing a mask, you know, so um, that's the kind of stuff where you go, gosh, I really wish you were wearing a mask. And now I know definitely to stay away from you. And uh, yeah. there's just, you know, but obviously she's fine and she's not worried about getting COVID. But right. um, yeah, everybody just feels so differently. And I, I think um, Black Lives Matter sort of circles into this because that is all about, you know, creating an environment where everybody feels like they belong and um, COVID is that same token of like, everybody has to feel like they belong no matter what their feelings are about COVID. Um, Yeah, it's, this is a weird time. No doubt about it. it (laughs) And so let's talk about Black Lives Matter for a minute because, because it isn't just COVID. It it is that this, um, you know, social unrest, uh, things are changing, thank God, uh, in my opinion, you, you know, that, that we're, but, but are there things employers can do to, or should they, are there things they should do to facilitate conversations and dialogue? Yes. Um, so I'll, first I'll say there, here's something employers should not do. Do not send out an email that says, we support Black Lives Matter, we don't tolerate discrimination, and then just just leave it. Like, don't, don't send that email out unless you're actually going to follow through. So the problem with that email, because I've seen a lot of them, and that's why I want to bring it up, is that um, when you say Black Lives Do Matter, we don't tolerate discrimination, and then you leave it at that, and you don't follow it up with any action, you are making yourself look bad because Black Lives Matter is not just about police brutality. It's not just about overt discrimination and harassment. It's about the systemic social problems. You know, there are deep ingrained problems in our society. For example, uh, lots and lots and lots of research on the fact that people who have kind of a uh, African-American name on their resume get less callbacks, period, end of story. There's no research article I've ever read that says any different. So that's the kind of stuff that Black Lives Matter is about, really, you know. And so when you just say, I don't tolerate discrimination in Black Lives Matter, you're missing the point. And so it it makes you look bad. Um, And I've had some of my clients where I've been trying to kind of poke on the leaders a little bit. You got to start moving in a certain direction with this. Well, I'm not racist. Everybody knows I, you know, I'm not a racist. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Nobody's saying you're a racist. 
um, I'm saying you have to participate in the social movement here because it's the right thing to do. So with that said, um, one thing that white people tend to do, and, I, and I'm white, um, is that uh, they sort of say, oh my gosh, there's a problem. It hurts me that black people are hurting. Let me fix it and let me do some stuff. So we're going to do a diversity training or, you know, I'm going to, I don't know, they, they start like taking action without really taking a step back and analyzing the situation first. So um, really the first thing leaders need to do is spend some time discovering and communicate about the fact that they're doing that. So it doesn't look like they're not doing anything, you know, so it could be, you could be sending out an, an email, for example, or saying at your all staff meetings, um, right now we need to really understand what's happening and what role we play in what's happening. I'm doing some research or I have a, a culture team who's doing some research and, and we're gonna really understand a plan um, and really create a clear and tangible plan that you can um, sort of measure and monitor before just jumping in. So I've been getting a lot of requests mm. for a diversity training. It's like, well, I don't want to do that training unless you it's part of a bigger picture plan. Yeah. Um, right. So so that's the first step. And you know, certainly if you have employees who are uh, actually any person of color, it doesn't just not just black, but you know, figure out a way to talk with them about how they're feeling. And they may not want to tell you anything. They they may um, feel like I've been spending my whole life educating white people. I'm done. I don't want to tell you how I'm feeling or what I need. And that's okay. There's some people who feel that way. There's others who are very happy to tell you how they're feeling and what they need. So um, you, you're going to get both ends of the spectrum on that, but um, that's a good start as well. What, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to your black employees about their experiences in your workplace. They're going to tell you things that have happened that you're going to be appalled by. And it's not because anybody was purposely discriminating against them or going out of their way. It's just that, you know, it's our implicit bias at work. Um, so they, you know, you, you've got to figure out what are they going through and then what do I need to do to resolve that and make them feel like they belong. Wow, that's really great. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. I, I really think uh, it's, it's really a time to listen mm -hmm. without any preconceived ideas. Just listen. Because the one thing that I notice is, and I'm white, that, that a lot of white people say, you know, think that things are being blown out of proportion. It's like, you haven't walked in those shoes. Like you have no idea. So how about if you just listen and, uh, you know, I like this discovery idea. I like getting educated and, you know, being, uh, you know, asking the question and being open to whatever the answer is. Cause it's the only way we're going to be able to move forward from this and heal that, you yep. know, this country. Yes. So yeah, spend a lot of time educating yourself. We're reading a couple different books right now. We, we just started White Fragility here at um, Civility Partners. So we're kind of doing a, a book club with my team. We're going to read a couple chapters and then talk and then read a couple chapters and talk. Um, so, you know, just, yeah, listen. That's a great and idea. I, 
it's uh, I'm excited to to dive into this book and see. Um, I, I know it's going to be hard to read, but we need to read it. Um, yeah. I just while while I have, I'll just want to say one other yeah. thing about the all lives matter. When people say, "Well, all lives matter," and I've been seeing that show up in my Facebook feed. Um, here's a good analogy for why that doesn't work. And so I just wanted to share it because I thought it was right. pretty brilliant. If uh, your friend calls you up and says, my child died and I'm inviting you to a funeral, you would not say, well, all children matter. So I'm not coming to the funeral because yes, all children matter. But in that moment, then your friend needs you and your support. And I think that's a, a good metaphor or analogy yeah. is that um, you know, when people say all or black lives matter, we're not saying other lives right. don't matter. We're just saying right now, black people need some tender, loving care. Um, and we need to focus on them. So just want to And they haven't been this. treated like their lives matter and white people have. So exactly. yeah, I know. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I can feel myself getting I'm angry. Down. I'm just telling you. It makes me just, oh, what a just. You know, okay, I have to take a deep <laughs> breath. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a world. So, oh my gosh, Catherine, I have so enjoyed this conversation and, and think, you know, the information that you shared is so incredibly valuable. Thank you. I appreciate it so much. Will you let the listeners know, you know, how they can find you and your books and, and what you've got going on, please? Yeah, so I mean, I'm all over the internet, so you can Google my name. Uh, we're at civilitypartners.com. Uh, we also have an ebook around reopening with employee needs and culture in mind. If you'd like the ebook, head over to our, our website and get on our e newsletter and you'll get it. Um, so there's a lot more information in there too. So civilitypartners.com, definitely find me on LinkedIn. Um, send me a carrier pigeon or a fax, whatever works. <laughs> She will get it. Oh, that's so great. Th thank you for that. And listeners, thank you. You know, these are important conversations. We have to be able to have them. As leaders, we have to be able to um, convene these conversations. And um, as Catherine said, uh, create a safe space for emotion in our businesses because our businesses are people. You know, they are about people. It's the people that are making them work. And uh, it, you know, respecting that and having those conversations will go a long way to improving your results and your success moving forward. I would also like to thank our sponsor, audible.com. Get a free trial and explore all of the audiobooks and audio programs available to you by going to audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Every family vacation, my kids break into the can-can. Can we go to the theme park? Can we go to a ball game? Can we get snacks? It can get expensive. But at Red Roof, we get a great price on clean, comfortable rooms and wake up rested and ready to hit the road again. This summer, when we rest and repeat at Red Roof, staying two separate times can earn us a free night. Plus, Ready Reward members can save up to 20% with exclusive rates. Book at redroof.com. I mean, .com. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. P -p 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 Powder donut. <clears throat> 
Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.